exotic pets. Today we're talking about something that encompasses all kinds of pet owners, including dogs and cat owners, and that is relationships and your pets. I'm talking to Dr. Dana McNeil. Hi Dana, um, this is the second time I've, I've talked to you because the first one, we it got messed up, <laughs> didn't it? Um, such a shame because it was such a good interview. So let's hope that we can get it just as good this time. So um, lots of people have been interested in this topic as well. So Dana, I'd like to ask you, what is your job? I am a marriage and family therapist. I have a doctorate in psychology um, and I am the owner of a group practice of a bunch of other therapists in California and the United States. Hmm. Um, and do you ever hear about conflicts or decision-making about pets? Yes, we talked about that a lot last time. You all missed a very fascinating mm, chat. I know, let's hope we can remember it. So. <laughs> Well, it's like a pancake. You always throw out the first one and never come oh, back. God. <laughs> yes, I do hear lots of conflict about pets because a lot of people view their pets as their children these days, right? Mm -hmm. Those of us that are choosing not to have children, we put a lot of emphasis on how we take care of our pets. Pets have mm -hmm. a lot of space in our life. And so the way that we raise our pets, how much we spend on taking care of our pets, how much we spend on fancy dog food or not spend on fancy dog food, if the dog can sleep on the bed or if it needs to sleep in the garage, mm -hmm. lots of things or pets property, those have lots of conflict and, and come up lots for couples. Yeah, um, we also, I'm just trying to bring back my memory from last time we talked about divorce last time as well that that was a thing that um concerns people about their pets when couples are breaking up something that comes up quite often is who gets custody of the pet right mm. they hadn't really thought about that when they got the pet it was cute and we're going to be together forever and nothing's ever going to break us apart mm. just like people do when they have children but unfortunately <laughs> The, the unfortunate part is that in, at least in the United States, in many states, I don't know of any that don't, they view your pets as property. And mm -hmm. so there are not a lot of laws in place like there are for custody agreements for children where there's courts that get involved and help you sort out custody. It just becomes, a, it's a piece of property. So sometimes it comes down to who paid for it, who's been taking care of more of the vet bills or the food or the medications or the pet insurance. And so mm -hmm. it can really be a difficult space for clients who are already breaking up and now they have to figure out what they're going to do about this pet that's been part of their world. Mm. Um, how do you help them through that divorce or breakup scenario with the pet um, well, division of <laughs> it varies. Um, I think a lot lately has been, okay, COVID is starting to clear up at least here and people are starting to go back to offices, but some of us are not going to ever return to an office. And so what I've been finding in a lot of my clients is who's the one that's staying at home? right? If your mm. job didn't transfer back into the office and you get to stay at home and that's the kind of lifestyle that your pet has been familiar with because so many people adopted pets during the pandemic at its height that they're making decisions. Well, I'm home during the day. I'm still going to be home during the day. I can take it out for walks. I can give it the attention that it's used to. And um, that's not a great way to solve it, but a lot of, of clients have been thinking about it that way. Mm. Oh, that's a dog in the background. Tell me about that. 
That was Windsor. He had an appearance. He might come back again. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're trying to encourage people to think about what's best for the pet. Is that correct? Well, think about what kind of lifestyle you're going to be able to give your pet. If it's going to be by itself for eight hours a day, or God forbid, I've heard people leave their dog in a crate all day while they're at work. Mm. And that breaks my heart. Um, but what can you provide for the pet? You know, yeah. the reality is you're probably not going to be able to keep co-parenting your pet the whole time. I just, I, it becomes very difficult, not because you don't have good intentions, not because you don't love your ex-partner, but you go on with your life, right? Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you're dating other people and it's just awkward to have your ex show up <laughs> to take for a walk in the middle of the day. And, you know, it, it may start to become an issue. So the sooner couples can kind of get around, this is probably going to come to an end and not just keep dragging it out for the dog and for themselves is sometimes the best way to handle it. Not every couple, but that's mm -hmm. what I'm seeing happen for a lot of couples. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of pets with an ex-partner. Um, so the first two ferrets were mine and mine alone. I happened to be dating someone at the time, but we didn't live together. So I was like, these are my ferrets. That was very clear cut. But then this third ferret I got, Chloe, she, we got her at a random pet shop that we happened to visit and my partner was like I'm buying this ferret for us and because we can't leave her living in this tiny cage and we're gonna love her so much and then when we got her home he basically just wanted to play with her he didn't want to help with the looking after so when we broke up basically it wasn't even a question it was like she's my ferret now <laughs> like and so he never saw her again and um which I guess is a bit sad but um I also didn't offer that because he was a bit of a <laughs> I guess betrayed me <laughs> I guess that's a cautionary tale that we should not impulse buy pets definitely yes well that was again not my decision I was just like whatever like when we break up because I did actually think about it like not when we break up if we break up um I guess I'll be looking after her. And that was okay for me. Like I was prepared to take on the full responsibility of this pet if I had to. And I suspected I would because he was pretty lazy. So <laughs> pretty lazy in general. So um, yeah, we I suspect it should be mine. Yeah. We talked about that a bit last time, right? Is there, can resentment build if you're the one that's the primary caretaker of the pet? And yes. The chores fall on you for whatever reason, and how do you navigate that as a couple? Yeah, so with my current partner, my husband, he is a lovely person and he definitely works hard. Um, but the issue for us at the moment is that, well, it's not so much an issue, but the thing that I'm thinking about at the moment about this is that he is working full time as a nurse, he, it is a stressful job, and he also has um, some mental health issues like I do, which means that when he gets home, he has to rest or else he will not go well in life or at his job. It will just be too exhausted. He needs to rest mentally. And I'm underemployed because of COVID. So <laughs> I'm only working a few shifts a week. So at the moment, my job is to look after the house, look after the pets. And I'm not a housewife. 
I don't like it at all. It's horrible. And I was brought up thinking um, that partners should do their best to split the responsibilities. Um, and it's not fair if the woman does all the work and the man just comes home and relaxes and it's a feminist issue. So it is um, quite stressful for me to have to be, I am the housewife. It is okay that I'm the housewife because he is working and I'm not working. And when this is the fair split of household tasks because I'm not bringing in any money. So this is fair, but I don't like it at all. It's like, uh, so it's torture. Tell, <laughs> can you tell yourself, Nairi, that this is temporary? This is not forever. This is while you're going through COVID, while you're looking for a job, while you're doing the things that you need to do to get your health where you want it to be. This is not forever. That's when we get caught up and we get this anxiety and it should be different. And this is not fair and I don't like it versus temporarily, this is what we're doing that he's, yes. you know, getting his resources together and kind of getting himself so that he can rest up to go take on the world. And you're temporarily taking a bit more of the responsibility, but this is not a forever thing. And if it starts to feel like we're going too long doing this, we have to renegotiate the terms. Yes. I think that's one reason why I've started this podcast because then it feels like I'm helping the world. I'm not just living in my own little bubble at home. Um, as the housewife, I hate it so much, but, um, and I know that I am being supportive and that it's important for me to be supportive of my partner. So, but um, there are other people who I've been talking to online who are in a situation that seems a bit different to me, um, but similar in a way of it's division of labor and um, that their partner, this person um, says that she has Quite a lot of ferrets I think it was 10 and she th she believes that that is the right amount of ferrets for her I oh, know it's a lot of ferrets in my opinion but um they always say once you have three what's one more <laughs> you know like once you get to a certain point you're cleaning the cage daily anyway so it doesn't matter how many there are okay. uh, um but she believes that it's her limit and she is happy with that limit um but her partner thinks it would be really cool if she got two of these very expensive ferrets, Angora ferrets, and he's like, you should definitely get these ones. And um, also she's looking after ferrets that belong to her stepdaughter, and the stepdaughter's not really helping with the ferrets at all. And the, the partner also is putting pressure on her to get more ferrets for some reason. And she feels like he does nothing um to help with the ferrets yeah he wants her to have more and mm -hmm. um, I don't know if he's helping around the house or anything like that but she is feeling very stressed about this and she'd like me to ask you for some advice so I have a very big word for her boundaries healthy yeah. boundaries right we talked about that a bit before is why is she continuing to take on something that's not okay for her? Why is she treating herself as if their needs are more important than her needs, right? Mm -hmm. If she doesn't want to do it, she needs to speak up. They're, they're always going to consistently ask her what they want. You have to say no, mm -hmm. right? You can have empathy. You can say, I hear that you want ferrets. I hear that you want a whole farm load of ferrets. <laughs> and I'm not willing to take care of any more ferrets. 
So we can cry about it. We can be mad about it. We can be upset about it. And nevertheless, I'm not going to take care of any more ferrets. So Mm -hmm. we can figure out how you guys are going to take care of the ferrets. We can hire a ferret keeper. We can do (laughs) something, but it's not going to be me taking care of the ferrets. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't say no because we're afraid that people will be upset at us or that they won't love us or that we won't be as important to them or they can't handle hearing no. We get to tolerate people hearing no because we have to honor our needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess the worst case scenario with that is that he gets upset and I suppose the worst, oh no, he could buy the ferrets himself. Like... And just bring them home and be like, here you go, here's two Angora ferrets. And what do I do when they bring home the Angora ferrets and I've decided that I'm not going to take care of the Angora ferrets? Exactly. What what is she meant to do? Because lots of people would just be like, fine, I've got Angora ferrets now. Like she can't, they can't be returned. My partner's not gonna look after them because he's I mean, I guess well, they're just accepting then, aren't they? I can tell you what. I would do. I would <laughs> I would be very clear. Oh, look, you got yourself some ferrets. What's your schedule and how you're going to take care of those ferrets? Because I don't know if you heard me, but I'm not taking care of any more ferrets. And if I saw that they weren't taking care of the ferrets, I probably would put an ad in the newspaper or stand on the corner and give the ferrets away because I want them to go to a good home and I don't want to see them suffer and I don't want to see them die. Mm. So, I mean, that sometimes there's consequences for our boundaries, right? We have to be willing to honor that that's okay that somebody's upset with me, but my boundaries are in place so that my life makes sense to me. It doesn't have to be okay with somebody else. I don't have to get their buy-in. I don't have to get them to agree. They don't even have to like it, but Mm -hmm. I have to understand why it's important to me because what is going to happen with your friend, if it hasn't happened already, is she's going to get very resentful. It seems very resentful. And what does what good is it going to be to have resent in that relationship? That's not going to make them closer mm. and more connected. That's just going to drive them farther apart. Yeah. So is there anything she could do to encourage her partner to help with the 10 ferrets that they already have apparently together, especially with the stepdaughter's ferrets? Like, I mean, she doesn't want to just abandon them either. I mean, I'm guessing she loves them. So why the ferrets. Does the, why does the- <laughs> stepdaughter not take care of the ferrets I don't know she hasn't told me I would imagine that would be part of the conversation is hello stepdaughter why are you not helping take care of the ferrets let me train you how to take care of the ferrets let me show you how to clean their cage let's set up a certain time per day where we clean ferrets or we can have more structure around that Mm -hmm. so setting expectations with the teenage stepdaughter and the partner yep did I just see if her friend come down the stairs oh yes that's Freya that's my chihuahua (laughs) she's being quiet this time around which makes me a bit suspicious like that she's up getting all my washing out of the laundry basket she likes to do that (laughs) um yeah so I guess with this sort of resentment if the partner doesn't want to help or isn't following the boundaries that is a reason for concern about the strength of the relationship and how well it's going in the future, isn't it? I don't necessarily need somebody to honor my boundaries. 
I need to honor my boundaries. Right. Again, I make them so that my life makes sense to me and I have to figure out, sorry, there's a plane going over my house. Um, And I have to figure out what is it that I'm willing to say are the consequences. If, if it comes down to, I am not willing to take care of any ferrets, then Mm -hmm. I just be very clear. I am not willing to take care of the ferrets. I don't want to get into a big, long conversation where I'm like, because when I was a kid, I learned that, you know, chores should be shared and and get into a big explanation trying to sway my partner. Because what that is, is that's a slippery slope, right? Mm -hmm. Because you give them wiggle room to come in and attack part of what you're saying. And then it's suddenly like, convince me. Well, you know, I know though, that when you were a kid, I, you're, I heard your mom talking about you taking care of ferrets. And so I don't think that's true because I don't hear your dad talking about it or whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. And then you guys are off course, right? Simple, Mm -hmm. short sentences. If you purchase another ferret, I'm not going to take care of it. Yep. I don't have to give you an explanation. I don't have to say, you know, and it's very important to me that you hear me and that I, you know, I need to be valued and considered and no, I'm not going to take care of ferrets if you get them. And then I have to follow through though, Mm -hmm. right? Because if I have already given you the impression that I'm a pushover and that when you get the ferrets, I'll just take care of them and my words mean nothing, Mm. I have to walk the walk, which means I don't take care of the ferrets. Yeah. And then they'll end up with the ferret in a very messy cage and very hungry and demanding attention. And then it's up to them to do something about it. Or I guess you can give them away. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. Um, so that's something else that um, I think leads on to another question here, which is, so what should people do if they have different opinions on which species of pet or the individual pet to get um so i don't know one person wants ferrets and the other person wants a dog and or they may not be compatible pets so how you know they're like i've always wanted a ferret and or i've always wanted a dog and it's really important to me that we have this like how would you advise them well, part of it depends on where you live, because as we talked about last time, yeah. I can't have a ferret. I live in mm. California, so it's illegal okay. here. So a squirrel glider then or something, a sugar <laughs> glider or a rabbit or a guinea pig or something that they so really, really want. What's your lifestyle like, right? How much do we work? How much spare time do we have? Do we also have other responsibilities? Do we have small children? Are, are we elderly? To, can we handle the energy of a new puppy? Do we need it to be older? How much physical capacity do we have to pick up the dog? How big of a space do we have for a yard for it to run around? Do we have a high enough fence in case it's an animal that can jump over a fence? Do, can we afford to have dog walkers? Can we afford pet insurance, right? Why would pet insurance be important? What do we agree about, about the importance of getting training? Can we afford mm-hmm. to get training? How important is it? What kind of healthy dog food they have? Do we want to have raw food and we're making their food? Like, there's lots of things to talk about, but maybe thinking about here's a day in our life, where would we fit time with an animal? Mm. What would that look like? Would it just be, we want somebody that we can snuggle with on the couch when we come home from work and maybe that's a rabbit, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it that we want um, a pet that's not very codependent? So maybe we get a cat, 
right? Mm -hmm. we, we don't ever want to have anything that smells inside of the house. Okay, we're probably not going to have something that has a cage, right? Yep. Talking about your lifestyle, talking about the sacrifices that you're willing to make. What are the physical capacities that you have in your house to accommodate? You know, mm -hmm. I have a pretty small house. I can't have a Great Dane here. That would be weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't fit, right? Yes. If you have a smaller place, maybe you need smaller pets. Mm. Yeah, and then you have to research about the smaller pet because um, lots of people think, for example, rabbits are meant to just be in a cage, whereas they need a lot more space than that. So it's like, what? How will that fit in with your lifestyle as well? So, and what's fair for the animal? Yes, it's not about you. Mm. You're you've adopted this person, this fur person into <laughs> your world, and. Is there a possibility at some point that you're going to have to move? Are you renting your property? Mm. Are, you, are you temporarily living somewhere? Are you in the military and you could get moved somewhere? Are you going to just give up this pet if your life circumstances change? Because are you going to have a baby? Because yeah, I was just talking with a guy the other day who's um, got two ferrets because his sister or cousin or someone um, had a baby and then heard some story about a ferret chewing baby's fingers off, which isn't. There's so a one time it's happened, apparently, and it was because of a massive amount of neglect of both baby and ferret, and the ferret was starving, and no one was stopping the baby from getting touched by a ferret, and a horrible tragedy, but she took that to mean cannot have a ferret in my house for my children, and so if you're having kids, you should definitely think about that before you have, like, before you get the pet if you're planning on children is it compatible like to have a great dane with a toddler or yeah or think about your pets used to getting all of your attention and suddenly oh my gosh yes any time and attention and your pet is going to feel that loss right? yes yeah it's going to be very sad especially or well, depending on the species it'll be very sad yeah um so there are definitely some good things about um how to think about differing opinions on care and involvement like in your lifestyle as well so um because that is lots of things uh, lots of people seem to be arguing about how to care for the animals because if there's conflicting opinions so that's something that you should be planning before you get the pet but if you haven't for some reason because you've got a whim pet or you didn't know that these things existed to research it how would you deal with it after that like with deciding on the best way to care for the pet like um I don't know money wise or um how you feed the pet or if you need pet insurance or that sort of thing like things that people argue about how would you um talk that through with your partner so one of the things that you can ask each other is what's non-negotiable non-negotiable for you about your pet right and what are some of the things that you have wiggle room about if it's non-negotiable for you that a pet stays outside right or it stays in a garage mm -hmm. and the other person is like well we can have i can have some wiggle room around that can we you know at least make sure that we have pet insurance for the pet so also looking for the things that you have in common, right? We both agree that we love the pet. We both agree that we're responsible for the pet. We both agree that there's gonna be medical bills for the pet at some point. Mm -hmm. Are we going to 
want to get pet insurance so that we can minimize some of those costs, right? Are we going to just give our pet grocery store dog food, knowing that it'll probably make its life a shorter life or mm-hmm. make its life less comfortable? Are we going to be able to invest in, you know, spending more money to get a better quality of food. So let's work backwards then. What do we agree about? What are How much do we think that will cost? Are we going to do some research on the internet and see what the average cost is to get mm-hmm. these foods and pet insurance and what age we get it at? Okay, let's back it up. We have $2,500 a year to spend on a pet. What mm-hmm. will we do with that money, right? You have to budget it just like you would if you were going to buy a car. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, sorry. Um, so for some people, again, it's a deal breaker if the partner doesn't want a certain pet or any kind of pet. How do you suggest people deal with that one? Well, I a lot of my clients don't decide if they're going to be in a long-term relationship with someone until their pet meets them. Right. And so if you have a pet who's the main squeeze in your life until your partner comes along and your dog, cat, whatever, doesn't like the new person, then a lot of my clients don't date that person anymore. Or what if they have pets and you have pets? They've got to get together and see if they're going to be able to work it out. If you've got a pet that's very jealous or, you know, does resource guarding with you you're going to have a situation where that pet is probably of the other person is potentially going to be at risk to get bit or to have a Mm -hmm. conflict with, right? What is the nature of that relationship? So, I mean, I guess I'm just such a big pet owner that I would never decide if I was going to be in a relationship with someone who had another pet until they met and I thought they were good. I agree. I'm the same. Um, I had some partners who tolerated my pets um weren't particularly interested but whatever like that's probably why it didn't work out one of the reasons <laughs> we weren't compatible enough screen- it's just a screening tool yes it should be a screening tool for sure but um other people they like um they do make decisions i don't agree with but um with pet care so they've got well i like my new partner so i'm just gonna put my dog in the backyard forever or whatever so I don't know how to deal with that but I guess it's their problem in their life but poor talk (laughs) well I think I you know sometimes when you have that new relationship energy of being in a relationship you're so crazed to see that person that people sometimes neglect taking care of their pets and they forget that 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 pet has been there for you in the times when you needed love and attention from your last breakup And now Mm -hmm. suddenly when you have a new partner, you're like, who are you? I don't notice you. I don't have time for you. And that just feels incredibly unfair. I think so. Because they're little beings. We have to think about them. (laughs) Um, Though I'm sure we're preaching to the choir here because (laughs) I think everyone who's listening to this is probably a good pet owner and knows that pets are for life. So I hope. But um, what, so... I guess if people, like, um, they really, really want pets and the other partner doesn't want that sort of pet, um, that's an acceptable reason to not date them. <laughs> like, people think that sometimes, oh, yeah, you should just get over the minor things like that, but it's not minor. I think, you know, maybe... It's not minor to me. 
I think maybe a good way to approach it is to have a conversation about, I hear you say that you don't want to have a pet. And so tell me a little bit more. What is it about a pet that feels objectionable to you? Is it that you grew up in a household where your parents were neglectful of your pet? And so you're worried that your partner could do that. And you ended up taking care of the pet more often than your siblings did. And so you've mm-hmm. got like this, you're on high alert about something not being fair and chore responsibility. Or are you worried that you're going to get too attached to the pet and it's going to pass away? Or are you worried that? you know, the pet could have something wrong with it and you won't have enough economic resources to give it the proper care. Like, it's not usually just a sentence that we just stop at, like, I don't want pets, moving on, right? Yeah, you want to know why and work out what the fear is, yeah. What's the objection? Is it something that's negotiable? It's the objection. It's not that you probably don't like pets, but you've had an experience where you have a fear or you have a worry and are you open to talking about it? Mm. yeah I like that (laughs) um much more um helpful than just okay well I guess we'll just break up then like without talking about it though I guess if you feel it's that easy to break up with someone maybe maybe you shouldn't be with them (laughs) um so sorry I've just got a list here I'm trying to remember some of the things we talked about last time very frustrating um Oh, last time I think we talked a bit about our pets, a practice for having children. I think we talked mm. about that. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of a lot of my clients think that it's a good representation of what their partner might be like if they were to have children, right? Mm-hmm. Are you attentive to the pet's needs? Are you always like, I want to sleep in, you go take the pet for a walk? Or do yeah. they let do they let the dog bowl stay empty or not get them fresh water or they do they not make appointments to take them to the vet and always leave it for you? Mm. Do they make it a priority to spend time with the pet? Do they get focused on their work and not notice that the pet's crossing its legs at the door ready <laughs> to go out for a pee, right? All of those things can be somewhat representational of how you might treat a child. However, I'll be a bit concerned. <laughs> However, some people don't view pets the same way they do as their children. Mm -hmm. So while that in the majority of cases, I think that that's probably a nice indicator of like some basic nourishing, nurturing traits that a partner may have. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a partner that values a pet the same way as they do their child, then they might surprise you and they might turn a leaf and be a completely different person. Mm -hmm. But, but, but then I, you've got a child, so it's like, that's exactly. fun to discover. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that that's probably a fairly good indicator of some of the traits that they have for being present and aware about another being. Mm. Yeah, something to think about for some people, I think. <laughs> um, so do you have any... Uh, budgeting or money tips um, for relationships with um, pets? We sort of talked about it last time, but I don't think I asked that direct question. But Yeah, no, um, budgeting tips. Well, I, I think... As a couple, out, I mean, like negotiating a budget together. I think figure out what your priorities are. I mean, if, if 
I think you also need to talk about how it's going to impact your lifestyle. I think something that's been an interesting possible non-anticipated thing for most pet parents is you're probably not going to get to travel as much as you used to unless you find places that are pet friendly, mm-hmm. right? And so that couple that used to just pick up and buy a flight for the weekend to go somewhere and like stay in a hotel or, you know, mm-hmm. just take off at a moment's notice, you now have to then either budget for a pet sitter, you have to budget for a place that's hotel friendly, maybe you won't fly as much and you'll have to drive more. So those things can, you know, they have an impact on what you spend your money on. And Mm -hmm. if you also, most of us, I'm not going to say all of us feel it's very important to give our pet very healthy foods these days. And so having a conversation about what we're willing to spend and what we can afford to do is very similar to the conversations that we probably have about our own food, right? Mm -hmm. Does your partner only want to eat organic food and eat organic fruits and vegetables, well, you're probably going to want to do that for your pet as well. If that's the kind of person that you are, and that's the way that you view what you put in your body, you're Mm -hmm. probably going to view that same way for your pet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Sorry, my name's Benny. Um, so that's another thing we talked about when is the right time to get a pet last time and you've already talked about that which was the whole thinking about how it will fit in with your lifestyle and things so that's good <laughs> um sorry it's a bit all over the place this time <laughs> uh, did you have any other examples of things that um people um might have issues with surrounding their pets um, when they talk with you and other things? I think that one thing that happens for couples and individuals as we get older is we're not thinking about taking care of our pets if we pass. Mm. A lot of clients are kind of starting to be aware as they get older, will they be able to have somebody take care of their pet. So if Mm -hmm. you're, you know, say that you're 80 years old and you want to adopt a puppy. Mm -hmm. Okay. If the puppy has a lifespan of 10 years and you don't know if you're going to be around for 10 more years, Mm -hmm. he's going to take care of that pet for you because a responsible pet owner is going to be aware that you don't want your pet to end up in a pound or in a, Mm a shelter right? So Mm. are you setting aside time and resources to make sure that that pet has another place to go to? And I've had a lot of clients talk more about, you know, who's that person that wants to take care of the pet for me so that I'm doing the right thing by my pet or my partner doesn't want to take care of the pet if I pass or how are Mm. we going to negotiate that if one of us really wants the pet and I'm saying I'm the primary caregiver and something happens to me and my partner isn't capable of being the caretaker of the pet who in our life is going to step in for us and I think that that feels for many of my clients like a responsible decision that they have to look at as they start to get older and still have pets in their life or even I think anyone who has a will like even if they're younger should think about that too I mean we could die in a car crash tomorrow for all I know and then I have plans for the ferrets and I just realized I don't have a plan for Freya the dog so if we both passed away because yeah I mean the ferrets 
I have a plan already, which was to, um, I've told my parents and friends that they're going to um, back to the rescue that we got them from because I know that she'll look after them really well and find them a great new home together as a group because that's important to me. And so I've got people who are willing to do a road trip to do that for me if I happen to die. Um, and I've written down all the numbers and things just in case. But, yeah, with Freya, um, if we both passed, I have no idea who'd take her. So, I mean, probably my family would take her for temporary, but um, I haven't actually written down anything. Whoops. Um, yeah. And I wonder if people are running ferret rescues, if they're thinking about where their ferrets or pets go. Or someone who's running a big rescue, it's like they've got 100 rabbits in their backyard. What's going to happen? Like, hmm. Even an extra little responsible piece might be, and I don't know how to do these exactly, so don't ask yeah. me that, but could you set up a trust for your pet where you oh, yeah. how long they're going to live and how much the insurance would cost per month and how much food is costing and like set aside a designated amount for whoever's the person that's going to take care of it so that they're not financially impacted by doing you that kindness. And don't do it like in the Aristocats where there's going to be an evil butler who tries to get rid of the, <laughs> the cats to get the money. <laughs> um, yes, plan for that. It's like, what? My cat just inherited my whole house? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, one of the more positive questions that I'd like to ask is how do um, couples' relationships help the pets People wanted to know think, how relationships affect pets. I think they affect both coming and going, right? Pets like a sense of structure. They like to know that they are, you know, can have anticipate that their people are going to be there, right? They mm -hmm. depend on us. They feed off of us. They feel our energy. They align with what's going on in the household. And so I think that for some couples, if they're in tune with their pets and they're starting to get escalated or they're getting in an argument and they see that their pet is having a response to mm -hmm. it because ours will, you know, like most of uh, most of our pets are like, what are you doing? Why are, why are you yelling? What's going on? And they go and they like hide in the corner or they look at you sadly. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a nice reset for some partners that like, wow, we've gotten a little escalated here. Maybe we should calm down. Look how it's impacting our pet that's probably having the same impact on us. Maybe it's time to take a break or do some repair mm. or evaluate, is it really this important that we're causing this much anxiety to not only ourselves, but our pets? Mm. Yeah, and the pets are um, also really good at providing comfort for us and yes. in our relationship. But um, I was thinking the other day that I think that having two people um, it's probably really good for the pet as well because it's extra person to give them attention and care about them because yes. just one person has to do all the things for themselves and then second person that can share that and the pet love as well. So it's, it's really astonishing. Nice. It's astonishing how our dog is impacted when we're one of us is not here. Oh though. gosh, yeah. Today, my, my husband was at the office doing some work for me and Windsor like sat at the window like the entire day, just like waiting for him to come back. And like, even on our walk, he's like, let's hurry up and get home. What if dad's back there? And it's like, 
So if you lose one of your, you know, if one of the partners isn't in the relationship anymore, if there's a breakup or somebody passes, it really does impact your pet and have, you know, having some awareness of that family that you've all created, it, it really does create a bond that impacts your pet. Yeah. I was also thinking that um, the two or more, I guess with children, personalities um, means that the, the pet gets a wider range of activities so my partner likes roughhousing and I'm a bit more gentle and Winnie our ferret loves it like he's just oh my gosh you're wrestling with me that's fantastic like yeah let me bite you let me bite you and I'm like no let's cuddle let's cuddle and so um that works really uh well for him I think because he gets the best of both worlds he gets the wrestle time he knows who to go to depending on what the situation is right yes I think he does (laughs) um and I definitely get nipped less, but <laughs> because he thinks that's funny, by the way, he doesn't do it to be mean. <laughs> but he knows he can go and rile up my partner and he'll like gently throw him on some cushions and like razz him up and stuff. <laughs> and it's good times. So and he also knows that the ferrets also know that um, my partner will open the bedroom door for them. And I'm like, no, let's keep them out because we've had an instance where one dug into our mattress. So. I'm like, let's not do that again, Marie. Let's keep them out of the bedroom. They're back in the bedroom now. So thanks, thanks, husband. But um, they haven't been damaging the mattress this time, so it's okay. Good. <laughs> it was a bit scary. They're just in amongst the springs. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you're banned <laughs> from bedroom. Um. So yeah, so uh, pets improving your relationship as well. It's like any other aspects to do with that that you think we could talk about um I think that it's good for us too I I think to have that comfort I I think last time we talked a bit about pets are great to help other people soothe their feelings so Mm -hmm. in my practice my dog comes to the office a lot with me and when clients are in a fight he'll go and hide in his bed or when somebody's very upset he'll come over and put his head on their lap and so I think we intuitively know when to give us space and when to come closer and give us love and support and it gives us a sense of purpose it gets us gets us up out of bed in the morning it gives Mm. us a reason to have unconditional love and to feel that love and I think that you know pets are an important aspect of our life because they remember that we can have unconditional positive regard. And, you know, sometimes if our partner forgets to greet us at the door, our pets will greet us at the door. And maybe it's a gentle little tap on the shoulder for our partner that maybe they should be acting more like our dogs, right? Yeah, it also just makes you really happy when they come to the door and hello. I was also remembering some of our previous conversation, which was about how it can help with conversation starters and sort of like a joint hobby together looking after the pets. Right, this sense of shared responsibility and how are we going to make sure that we take care of the pet's needs and can I depend on you? Can we talk about something funny that the dog did today or something that, you know, was amusing or caught Mm -hmm. us off guard or something so that we can have this shared experience of taking care of this pet? Yeah, I, I personally think that having shared hobbies with your partner is really important. So um, if it's your pet, that's awesome as well. And 
it can also help uh, get you out of the house. So with the ferrets, um, they've definitely helped me with making friendship relationships, like getting out there and talking to others. Um, so that was great. And also, um, you know, taking pets for walks and things. Um, I've got a friend now who walks a rabbit on a leash. So um, oh, wow. that sort of thing, like getting out there and um, giving joy to your pets, but also making connections with other people and your partner. Yeah, or going to um, club meetings together, if ferrets and rabbits and things often have clubs. <laughs> yeah, I really think it's very, um, very positive having a pet in your life. It's the best. <laughs> Can't imagine life without it now. I went for a few years there without a pet and it was so sad. <laughs> yeah. um, so the last question I'd like to ask is, do you have any media you'd recommend with pets in it? Oh, we talked about that last time. Yes, um, we did. I, I'm trying to, trying to replicate. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I think I remember, I liked The Rescuers. <laughs> yeah, The Rescuers is great. <laughs> uh, we talked about Beethoven. That was a good one. Yes. Um, and I didn't recommend watching Marley and Me because it's very no, sad. No. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't get those, like those sorts of movies where it's <laughs> deliberately just to make you sad about the loss of a pet. So no. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like every book that has a dog in it, I try to stay away from because it's always like the dog dies. And I'm like, why? Oh, I don't gosh. want that. I don't, I don't need mm. that. Um, no. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have a lot of recommendations of uh, media with pets in it. Um, not enough of it I think <laughs> I yeah I think so I think that there's you know again because I just I kind of avoid it I shun it because I've had so many experiences mm. where something horrible happens to the pet Ugh. or I can't stand when I don't know I tried to watch that Yellowstone show have you watched it no so no. at the very beginning the very first scene there's a horse that got hurt and they like shot the horse oh. and I was like okay I gotta change the channel now I can't watch this so I can't tolerate anything where an animal gets hurt so I'm the worst of like trying to have any media that have animals I think I probably go out of the, my way to not because I'm so afraid that it's going to be abused so I'm like okay moving on not the animal show yeah there's actually a website and I think it's called does the dog die and oh, you can type in the movie and it tells you if the animals are okay at the end of the movie or not it's ah, like yes okay. I, uh, I've had to use that a few times. Like, please don't let the the dog get eaten by the monster. <laughs> it's been a, a long uh, time. I, I think I remember. I really liked March of the Penguins. <laughs> that yeah. was like positive, something good. It was educational. I liked it. So there you go, March of the Penguins. Cool. I also like the Rescuers because it combined my love of things that were tiny with animals. Yes. So um, how they had like the little orphanage and stuff set up, and it was tiny things and. But um, uh, Rescuers Down Under, I was just like, that's not Australia. <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> I love that. Oh, and I do remember now I really liked Pete's Dragon as a kid. Oh, yeah. We talked about that now, too. And my brother's uh, name is Elliot. So I was like, yes. yes. So he had a little dragon toy and he couldn't call it Elliot because that's his name. So he had to call it Pete. And it's like, this is because his opposite way. But um. Yeah, having an imaginary pet would be 
or not imagine invisible sorry pets would be amazing yes helpful yes or tiny mice friends who helped them <laughs> in the rescuers that was great too um, so good okay any last thoughts oh yes we wanted to talk about what you offer that i remember that now you have your your awesome thing <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, so part of what my practice does is we offer um, for couples that want to come for a weekend and work with a therapist one on one, we have a website, it's called Therapy Getaway. Um, and for anyone who lives anywhere in the world, if they want to travel to San Diego and come spend a weekend with us and spend some time working on their relationship, they can kind of match a vacation and therapy together at the mm -hmm. same time. And so we have people come from all over the world to spend time with us. We, we specialize in something called the Gottman Method, which is a, in, um, an international evidence-based type of couples therapy. And, and couples who use the technique report their relationship is improved by 86%, which is wow. really amazing. in just like a weekend. Um, well, if you, you know, that's a good way to get a good jump start mm. on it, but you want to continue using the tools, right? Okay. So um, in, in that weekend, we can work on assessing what are the strengths in your relationship and what are your areas for growth? What are the patterns of your communication that are getting you in trouble? What to do when you're starting to feel shut down or you're avoiding talking mm. about different difficult things or you're not managing your conflict well or you seem to be in perpetual issues about how are we going to navigate something and we're stuck and we don't feel like there's a way forward. So depending on what's going on in the relationship, um, in the Gottman method, we have over 50 different tools that we can help you use that help you talk about things in a different way, look at things in a different way, get unstuck. And so for some couples, having a weekend where they dedicate to rolling up their sleeves and working on their relationships is a really nice prog progress for somebody that's been you know, dealing with something for a long time. Yeah, um, I also remember something that was quite important to me last time we talked, which was all that I imagine was important for people, and I thought it was good, um, which was the importance of going to see a relationships counsellor. And it doesn't have to be you're at breakup point to go and talk to someone like you. Yeah, um, I mean, part of part of my goal is to break the stigma of couples therapy because we're doing a really good job as a society, like normalizing the need for mental health right mm -hmm. and that if we have anxiety or depression there's nothing wrong with going and getting tools and getting support yeah. that's smart right but there's so many couples still that are like oh there's something wrong with us we should be able to do this on their on our own mm -hmm. and how could you do it on your own you don't even embrace the fact that conflict is normal for most of us right mm -hmm. we are not the same people we don't view the world the same you don't have the same life experience or family origin it's the perfect storm for conflict and we have no tools we didn't take classes in school mm. on couples communication and so mm. getting couples to understand this is an investment in your future right the average couple waits six years before they come to therapy and that's mm. a long time of like beating your head against the wall and doing the same thing over and over again and wondering why it's not working there's nothing wrong with coming in and getting tools it's actually for many couples, it's maintenance, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we want to make sure that we stay in this place and not break apart. We don't want to grow apart. We want to find tools to come back together. Yeah, I really like that. I think that it's um, very important that that happens for people. And I really wish that people would do it more. So, yeah, I like okay. it. Well, thanks. 
thanks for letting me have a platform to uh, no, yeah, I think it's so important. So important. Um, so I will be linking um, your website and things in the show notes. So thank you so much for talking with me again today. And I think we covered everything except maybe a couple of random stories I was telling, but um, that's all good. I think we got the information there. That's the main thing. So thank you so much, Dana. I really, really appreciate it and your time. I love it. It was delightful to chat with you. I learned more about ferrets than I'm ever going to get to know. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice to talk about something that I love and combine it with therapy. So this was a lot yes. of fun for me. So thanks for including me. Oh, and I definitely want to have photos of your dog up as well. <laughs> <laughs> he would love that. Yes, I bet. <laughs> Tension. Okay. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you around on the internet. Okay. Great. Take good care of yourself. Well, wow. Um, thanks so much, Dana. I think we actually did get that pretty darn good. Um, I think we got all the information that we needed to get across. I managed to ask all my questions. Whew, okay. Oh, he's so patient with me. Uh, thanks for yeah, thanks for that so much. Had only a few mess ups in the podcast so far, and this was like the worst one. <laughs> okay. Well, I really hope that this episode can help some of you with some ideas on how to talk with your partner about some issues you've had or some ways to look up uh, where you could go from where you are now. Um, If you have any more questions about relationships, maybe I can, relationships and pets rather, maybe I can get Dana or someone else to come in and help answer those questions for you. Uh, If you have questions, please email me and And please subscribe to the podcast. Some good free ways to subscribe involve Stitcher, Good Pods or Podchaser. And some paid ones involve Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I think Amazon is paid as well. But I like the free ones. Go with the free ones and subscribe and you'll catch up with all the things that I've been talking about. And you'll get reminders. Thank you very much. Talk to you next week. Bye.